Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us each week as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Let's get started. Hey, Daryl. And we are back again, folks, for another episode of Inside Inside Sales. I am Daryl Prale with Vanilla Soft, of course. You know that because you come back week after week and you partake. And I am grateful for the time we spend together. I'll share a funny story with you. And this is honest to God truth. I'm driving into work today and uh, I get a notification. And I get the notification that says that, the latest episode of Inside, Inside Sales is actually out and published and everything. So what do I do? I physically press play and I listen to myself. Is that vain? Is that bad? I do like to listen to myself and my guests periodically with, with kind of fresh ears, if you will, to simply listen to the advice and the conversation fresh. And clearly I'm there the first time, but I'm, I'm so focused on connecting and understanding and drilling down that often I don't have a chance to actually hear the takeaways succinctly and make sure that you, the experience you have is productive and valuable and clear and concise. And, uh, and I liked what I heard that I was listening to the one with uh, Shira, Shira O'Brien. We talked about linguistics. I had fun just listening to her over again. She had her Irish accent. And then I got really excited because I knew I was going to be doing the next recording like we're doing. And this recording kind of blends a couple of different topics. So let's set the stage here when it gets to what we do in our daily life, right? What we do is we're always reaching out, right? Whether we're taking marketing qualified leads and trying to sales qualify them, or we're generate our own sales leads and then qualify them and pass them on either to an account exec to physically pursue them, or we'll maybe, maybe we're the ones pursuing them. It doesn't really matter, but we take those leads. And before we can get to that opportunity stage, we really need to engage and connect with each and every prospect. Sometimes that can be a lot of fun. Other times that can be a real grind, right? It's like, oh, I'm doing the same old, same old over again and it's killing me. Shoot me now. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but I know I'm guilty of this. I suspect you may be as well, is that we kind of start taking shortcuts and we don't always perhaps follow the right cadence, the right playbook, the right sequence of touches that we should do because we skip steps. Or sometimes when we do do it, we do the, the least amount of effort required. We pull up a template, maybe it's a templated email, and we just press send. We don't personalize it. We don't customize it. We don't do any research on the recipient. And then often we'll sit back and we'll get frustrated and we will wonder why we're not having the success, the connect rates, the results that we were hoping for, perhaps that we used to have. And often when you're really close to what's going on and what's the expression, you can't see the forest for the tree. So you don't know the mistakes you're making. I've been really guilty of that before. I have fallen into bad habits. I have gotten inattentive. Let's go with that. I don't want to say lazy because I don't think I'm lazy, but I do think sometimes I take shortcuts with the best of intentions. I have felt the pain. And worse, as you all know, the pain is you're not hitting your activity. 
right? Whether it be phones or emails, you know, whether it be daily, weekly, quarterly, whatever it might be, you're, you're missing those numbers. But even more pronounced is that the pipeline contribution drops. So I know I'm guilty of this and I thought perhaps you might be too. We're going to learn together to kind of go back to basics here. I brought a wonderful fellow in, Scott Einnockler, and I hope I said that right, Scott. If I didn't, you will correct me. Uh, he is a sales manager at uh, Informatica, and he and I connected on LinkedIn. We bonded over one of a thousand articles that I put out there and videos that I do in my talking heads, and we get talking about this, something we bonded on, shall we say, for we all fall into that trap, and it's imperative that we fix it. So, Scott, welcome to the show, man. Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, it, what you did is you personalized your message when you sent something on LinkedIn of what you were speaking to your direct audience. And it resonated with me. And I feel that a lot of individuals uh, don't take the proper time to do that because they don't see the immediate payoff. There's not an immediate payoff with outreach. Every once in a while, you, you hit and you get lucky, perfect timing. But a lot of it's grinding it out. And that's really why I think we both resonate on it. It's about customization continuously in multiple different places, whether it be email, phone call, LinkedIn, videos. I think it has to go across the gauntlet on a precise cadence. So there's two issues we're talking about here, right? There's, I heard you say a precise cadence and the classic is you're here, people say, oh, seven touches in seven days or 15 touches in 30 days, whatever. And, and I know, Scott, you've got some cadences that you're a big advocate for, but that's the first part. It's a regular frequency of outreach. And the second you touched on is personalizing it, customizing it. And they do go hand in hand. Let me ask you, Scott, what do you see with your sales team in the industry that was the catalyst for you that this is a problem that we need to revisit because you see it firsthand? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, before I was in management, I was in sales. I was grinding away. I started my career as an SDR setting appointments for the outside sales teams. That's where I started myself. So I know the value of what it takes. When I joined my organization, the outreach was good, but it wasn't like really speaking to the individuals in a way that you're separating yourself from the noise. You have to understand there's so many sellers out there, but there's only an infinite amount of buyers. And if you're not raising above everyone else that's sending a mass marketing email, you're going to get lost in the noise. So that's how you began. Now you are in management and you've got a team. Do you see them doing the same thing? Are they falling into the same mistake, the same trap, the same shortfall that you fell into? Sometimes they do. And we're all guilty of it. We just get busy and we just want to get our activity out there. So what I focus on with my team that's been really successful is when you take a look at your accounts and who you're reaching out to, taking the time at the beginning to really understand who they are, what they go through. We put together a plan of who's your account, what are the challenges the industry, the challenges the companies can be going through, and then what types of things can we solve them for? Not products, but what can we solve their challenges? And then customizing it that way so that when you look at an individual, you say, well, this person could be challenged with this, this, and this. I'm going to just really look at their LinkedIn profile, look at the stuff online, and see if I can kind of match that up to make sure that when I'm speaking to them, I'm speaking to that individual directly because individuals care about what their personal needs are. And if you could have that conversation on that one-to-one -one method, the chances of the response are much higher than if you're just trying to talk about the business objectives. All right. So let me challenge you on that, which is, and you alluded to this, I am tasked 
with having a set, a minimum activity every day, whether it be X number of phone calls or emails or social touches or what have you. What I'm hearing you say is just enough that I understand the needs of the marketplace, whether it be the industry or what have you, and how my product or my service addresses those needs. But I also need to understand how that affects the individual persona. Maybe I'm calling into a head of sales on prospect A, but I'm calling into a head of marketing on prospect B. Both my target buyers, because they have different roles in the buying process potentially, but they have different needs. Sales has different needs than the marketing, the different parts of the funnel, all that kind of stuff. So now I need to understand and personalize it based on the buyer, the persona that I'm selling to. And then I heard you say, I also need to understand the, the actual target account, what their challenges are. Isn't that a lot of time and a lot of effort that will negatively impact my ability to do the research, to customize and personalize my engagement while still hitting my activity number? It's a very, very valid point. It's really about the first step is preparation. You have to prepare, you have to have an account plan for each of your accounts, and you have to work smarter, not necessarily harder. Now, any person managing a team of SDR specialists, BDMs, whatever acronym we want to call them, if they do 100 calls and 100 emails, which is their number, but get no responses for weeks at a time, you're not going to be happy with that. But if they do 70 calls and 70 emails every day and get pipeline consistently, is any manager going to say, well, you're missing your numbers on outreach? I don't think so. So now you're actually raising a very interesting conversation. I know we're going to bit off track and I'm okay with that. You're talking about the whole quantity versus quality. If you can't establish your activity benchmarks, your quotas, because you're busy researching, but the results suck, but you can get good results if you invest a little time, do less activity, but it's quality activity and you have better results, then perhaps is it fair that the SDR should have a conversation with a manager, with you? and say, Scott, I know I've got 100 calls and 100 emails, but if you give me permission to do 70 or 75 or 80 as opposed to 100, I promise you I'll have better results. Is that a reasonable response? And if your SDR came to you and asked you that, how would you respond? I like to keep the goals at where they are because once you lower those goals, then they'll say, well, if I could do 40 and 40, then I'll be good. So if you keep that 100, 100, and they're coming at 70, 70, but getting consistent pipeline, they're still striving for that 100-100. Once you start lowering the goals and you have to lower it across the entire org, then you change your whole entire metrics. If you keep the goals at where they are, but with the, depending on what the focus is, for my team, the focus is pipeline. The number goals are, are what we want to get to, but if you're driving your pipeline a little less, we're okay with that as long as you are consistently producing pipeline and you're customizing your messaging and understanding your customer base and being able to actually show value across multiple ways. And I think it all comes down to, are you doing a multi-touch attribution model? Are you touching them in all the different spots they need to be in? Or are you just doing what a lot of people are doing today and focusing strictly on email? And in the end of the day, you say, well, I sent out 250 emails. And it's like, well, if you sent out 250 emails today, how are any of them customized to individuals you're talking to? All right, I guess to finish, that's part of the conversation. If you maintain your activity at 100, 100, 100, you know, 100 emails, calls, et cetera, and they come back and they're consistently doing 70, 70, 70, so they're missing their activity number. But their pipeline contribution is meeting or exceeding what you hope for. Would you challenge them on increasing their activity or would you say, I know you're not hitting your activity numbers, but I like your pipeline contribution, so keep doing what you're doing? I'd probably stick with that because you have to keep consistency across the board. It's all how you phrase it. and 
as we all know, when you manage multiple individuals, they all have different personalities and different things that motivate them and keep them going. So you may have someone that's just a total phone jockey that wants to just smile and dial all day and they do less emails. So it's about turning the dials on what's important for that individual to keep them motivated and keep them active. But yeah, I would probably say, you know, like, let's try to aim for that 100-100, but we're doing okay at 70-70, but let's strive for that 100. So it's about how to keep them motivating for excelling to the next level. And something to consider here, right, folks, is that the activity numbers are not meant because we have perverse pleasure in watching you make 100 phone calls a day or send 100 emails. In fact, all it is is a numbers game. The math goes in, in this example that if you did 100 calls a day and 100 emails a day, you know, that math would generate this pipeline. So in the end, the measurement that matters is not the activity. The measurement that matters, as Scott says, is the pipeline contribution. So I would challenge you that if, if your boss doesn't understand that, that you come back and you circle back and you say, can we agree on pipeline contribution or, or SQLs, call it what you will, as the key overriding. As long as I hit that, then you're happy, I'm happy, and away we go. If you come to that agreement, then you now have the chance to actually start investing the time, potentially, to personalize more and overcome those challenges that you were hearing. You know, not everything's easy. Some stuff you can do, sometimes you need it done in partnership with your management team. I love that. Okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick little break, and when we come back, I'm gonna ping Scott and find out exactly how you can personalize. Give us some real world examples, techniques, tips and tricks you can do so that you can do this fast and efficient and hit those numbers. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time and make less than two attempts to contact them and they're only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is an engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more by ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds persistently and with the cadence that's optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. All right, we're back. And uh, all I could think of during the break was... I wonder how Scott's going to approach this. I know how I might approach this, but I wonder if he's going to approach it the same way I would. So I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to do it. I'm going to let you go first, Scott. What's the easiest way, the most efficient way that you've learned, that you've applied, tactically used, taught to your team to personalize those cadence touches? So I think it all starts with preparation first. You have to have an account plan for each account you're working on. It's sometimes a daunting task if you have multiple accounts, but you have to have some sort of framework of a process of how you approach each account. Once you have that in place, you could start doing the proper research. If you have 15 accounts a day that you want to target, you do your research, you time block your day. That's where it starts. Time blocking your day. I'm going to give a solid plug to a book that if you haven't read called The One Thing, it's by Gary Keller. Highly recommend to any sales professional. It's a way to really understand how to concentrate on the one thing that's going to motivate and get things done most effectively in your life. And you have to understand what is the one thing you need to do each day and set your goals to that. 
And once you understand that, then you can actually do the proper research. You can understand who they are on LinkedIn, who they are in their personal life, and get that first line of personalization so that they read past that first line. The goal of any email is can they read past line number one. The stats show across the board that once they read past line one, they will read the entire email. So it's about how do you connect with that person using either personal information, using something they read about on the news, or something that you see out there that is relevant to the industry. Okay. Using your example, so you have 15 accounts a day and you have multiple contacts with each account. You're a time block a day. I love that. And so give me an example of what a time block might look for you in your typical day. So a time block for me, how it looks on my day is I will actually do it in the morning as I walk in. I'll set up what my day looks like, what meetings I have, and make sure that there's things I need to do. Like for me personally, social selling is huge for me. I have a half hour time block every single afternoon to do 30 minutes of outreach to C-suite executives in a list of accounts that are important for my people. I also have another time block put in of things I need to do to uh, for my team. So I put little times in my calendar that is my time that no one can book on. You've done that. So now when do you time block the actual research? What are my goals today? What are my accounts? And then I do the research. When do you do that? So let me give you an example for one of my, my reps, how we did that with them. So we sat there the, or the Friday before and looked at their calendars and what important meetings they had with their reps or meetings that they had internally. And we looked at what times were available and said, okay, what do you have for this week? What are your goal for this week? All right, you need to get this much opportunities. All right, you, know, you walk in the morning, get your coffee, get all that stuff. Nine to 9.30, we're going we're gonna to prospect and do research on these accounts. And then we're going to hit the phones from 10 to 11.30. And then they had internal meetings, two to four. Then we're going to do more outreach from the research we did this morning. So it's about having distinct reality of what your day looks like. Otherwise, you are just going in so many different directions and you have to look at the time block that that's my time that I put on. And if someone tries to come to you, you have to own that time. I'm sorry. I have this on my time right now. We can talk at this time or that time. And you really have to make sure it's yours. That part is huge because people, I time block. And the problem is, is my team knows I time block. So, you know, they know I have a, a block every single morning. It's called Daryl's Tasks. And that's, you know, they don't need to know what it is. It's Daryl's Tasks. It's just, I'm doing my stuff. And, you know, initially they avoided that. And now they just kind of say, yeah, so can we do that at 930? And I'm like, oh, fine. So I relent. Um, and and it's those two things. They ask because they know it's just Daryl's task. So that can't be anything important. And then I relent. And your point about saying you have to own it, you have to protect it is huge. Have you run into that same challenge where people started taking your time blocks for granted? Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I always say to them, if one of your reps that you're doing prospect for calls you know if you're a time block they're like oh i have to take this call and i'm like no you say to them hey i'm right now prospecting on your accounts to drive more pipeline is this more important than what i'm doing right now and nine times out of ten they're gonna say no and they have the same thing with me if they have a time block and i say hey i need you to go to this meeting they'll say to me is this meeting more important than what i'm doing now which is prospecting and i say i we we have the understanding and if it's something that's really important coming from up above that needs to get done, yeah, I'll override their time block. But that's very rare. Otherwise, I will say, yep, that's your time. So it's about getting understanding with your management, getting understanding with your field, letting them know when you say to them that they have to really understand, is this really more important? Is this a deal that's going to get done or someone that needs to happen from the VP? Yeah, maybe that can override it. For, for the most part, that's your time. 
All right. So let's talk about the personalization. You've done the research. You've gone in, I'm assuming you're looking at their LinkedIn profile. Or, so you get some hot buttons, maybe their, their career, their, maybe some of the things they've done. Maybe they volunteer. I don't know. I'm assuming you're getting that. You're also yep. looking at their personal life. How are you looking at their personal life? How, how are you researching that? Well, I mean, personal life and if they're doing things outside of work, you look them up, do a Google search on them. That's going to pop up some things. You can also see if they're maybe involved in some sort of charity that you can look at what they're doing in that charity. But otherwise, also a key thing to look at is what they did their previous roles, uh, what they did. Because a lot of times when you move from one role to a new role, you have a lot of information in that previous role because you know, a lot of times you're updating your LinkedIn profile to try to get a new role and you're showing all the great things you did. You could use that stuff in your outreach as well. So can you give the audience an example? I'm putting you on the spot here. I apologize sure. about this. Right. Of, of perhaps what a, you know, you said you craft that opening line on your email. If you get past that opening line, then you're going to read the rest of it. What would a personalized versus a non-personalized opening line of email look for someone, you know, selling what you sell? Sure. Let's just say we're targeting the director of IT. Uh, on and a role for software. That's what most of these individuals can really relate to. You can easily write to them, I saw based on your profile that you are in this role. People in this role typically experience challenges when it comes to this and this. That's related directly to that individual. That's one example. Or you could say, you could just look at, let's say they're big into Habitat for Humanity. And you say, hey, I noticed on your profile, you're very big into Habitat for Humanity. And if you are as well, said, I actually built a house last year in this area. Did you ever go to a country like this? And then the next line, like, the reason I'm reaching out today is, and then you go into it. So it's really about that connection. Can you form a connection, that first line to something, whether it be a college, whether it be something they do on charity work, whether it be something they did a, a TED talk on, anything like that, can I actually relate those individuals and do it in, in a really unique way? And it's about how do I separate myself? Some of the ones I've seen often is when I get an email that says, you know, uh, hey, Daryl Scott, clients of, uh, of mine um, will often... Uh, approach us when they're having a problem with A, B, or C. And of course, A, B, or C is tied to the account or what we know about the opportunity. Is that something that you're currently actively trying to remedy or not? Now, if I were to open that line to you, would you tell me that was a good personalized email or a bad personalized email? I think it'd be in the middle. It's good that you're putting challenges associated with people in this, but you're not being specific enough to, is it people in your role as VP? Is it people that are in this industry or is it people that are in this type of work? So you have to go one step further. It's good to have different challenges for them to choose from because you, you don't want to assume one challenge is theirs, but you also want to make sure you're relating directly to an individual. People care about themselves. So if you look for something that relates to that individual, the likelihood of them responding goes way up than just replying to something in regard to industry trends. All right, so now how does this personalization approach change when I move to social media or I move to the telephone? It really actually doesn't change that much because you want to keep the same type of cadence across all of them. I call it a multi-touch attribution model. I don't know if that's trademarked somewhere, but that's what I like. And it's covering them over phone calls, emails, social, and then Oh, last stop, if nothing else goes works, a handwritten letter is the last most personal thing you could possibly do. 
that's how you end everything. If you've touched someone 26 times and they never responded, a nice handwritten note kind of recapping and quickly why you're reaching out to them with your business card sent to their desk, your open rates can be through the roof. But I've gotten a lot of my reps that have gotten responses from those, even deals from those, because you're separating yourself from the noise. So it's about sticking to your cadence. Here's my step process. Day one, I'm doing this. Day five, I'm doing this. You make sure day one, you're doing that. And day five, you're doing that. Because if you do one on day one and then the next one on day nine, you lost your entire process. And you also lost momentum. You have to restart on day nine and hopefully you follow on day 16. So really, it's a double whammy. One is I'm touching them a set cadence, which we're a big fan of here at Vanilla Soft. We're all about that. And you want to have a playbook where you touch them as many times as required across multiple channels, phone, email, social, et cetera. And, and so you're always top of mind with them. You're always in their face a little bit so they can't forget you. But the second part you're making, which is really, really powerful, is personalizing not just that first touch, every single touch so that you're building a report, even though they may be ignoring you until that six or that eighth or that 10th touch where you finally have worn them down. But by that point in time, they feel that they know you a lot more and they can trust you because they've seen a lot of connection points to build that trust upon. Therefore, now we can have a conversation about the challenges I'm facing and can you help me or not? It's really a two-prong approach. Is that right? It's so important. I mean, one of my largest deals in my career, I reached out to the same person because I finally found out who it was for almost nine months. Every Friday at four o'clock, I'd write an email and leave a message. And finally, after eight months, they picked up one day. And literally what the person said to me is like, you're not going to stop until you, until you get a hold of me. I go, well, I'm just trying to add value to your day. And I, I obviously didn't add the value or it's not right timing, but until I know that, I gotta keep trying because I know you're the right person based on A, B, and C. It was one of my largest deals ever, and it was just persistence. It just kept, all my emails had value of understanding who they were, understanding what they were going through, and just keeping to my cadence that every single Friday at four o'clock, I was doing that. And they knew that an email and a phone, phone call was coming from me. And eventually, they're either gonna tell you to buzz off, or they're gonna say, you know what, this is the right timing, now I'm ready to speak to you. So it's really about consistency is such a key thing. We get tired. You get fatigued. I've reached out to this person so many times, they're probably sick of hearing me. Well, actually, they probably haven't opened half your emails. And the ones they, they did open, maybe you just caught them in a bad time. But if you stop there and another competitor writes them tomorrow and it's kind of similar to what you offer, you may lose that because they think it's you because you stopped the consistency. So I love this. My last episode was with Shira O'Brien. We talked about the power of language and what you say matters. You're building upon that and you're saying you want to establish a personal connection with them and you want to be consistent and almost relentless with the right cadence. Scott, if they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach you? LinkedIn is always a great way to get a hold of me, you know, here to assist and help. Uh, I have over 16 years of sales experience and management experience and always looking to have conversations about sales. That's what brought me and Daryl together is we just like talking shop. You know, feel free to reach out anytime. All right. So if you guys are having some bad habits, now's the time to revisit them, fix them. It's easily done. Make the effort. Time block your time. All right. Research the companies, research the industries, research the personas, and then just be relentless and be constant with your outreach. That's the secret sauce. It ain't new. It ain't hard, but it's something we sometimes simply get out of habit of doing. So go back, assess what you're doing, and look at where you can better optimize your time, better optimize your message, and you will better optimize your results. My name is Daryl Prell, folks. I'm with Inside, Inside Sales. I am so pleased you joined us today. We shall talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. 
You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by VanillaSoft. Soft.